This is the show where two friends from different parts of the world discuss all things All Elite Wrestling. And one of them actually knows what they're talking about. We'll let you decide. Welcome to the Beauty and the Beard Pro Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Woody and Sarah. Welcome, everybody, to your AEW Dynamite review for October 16th, 2021. Once again, coming to us from Miami, Florida, the same place that Rampage was because they never left. They just Rampage Friday night and uh, Saturday, um, Dynamite. That's kind of how it works. And this is a special episode of Dynamite because it's on Saturday, Saturday night Dynamite. Uh, and it was uh, it was a fun show. Uh, really enjoy this. I think uh, for two nights we got some really awesome AEW action for for two nights back to back in Miami. Uh, but before we get going in it, I want to remind everybody to check out all of our other content, our Dynamite and Rampage reviews, uh, Q and A's, topic discussions, interviews, and reviews and previews of pay per views. Uh, also, please give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow the channel at BeautyXTheBeard. You can follow me at LetTheBeardPlay. And you can follow Sarah at Strange underscore Pixie. Yep. Uh, and please give us a follow on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you podcast at. Uh, and with that out of the way, Sarah? Yes. Are you ready to talk some dynamite? I am. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, CM Punk, join us on commentary again this week. Always, oh. always fun with CM Punk on commentary. I think he adds a ton. I say that every time. Yeah. I say that because I mean it. I really enjoy him on commentary. Uh, but the first match he was commentating was Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. Uh, oh, yeah, what yeah. a way to open the show. When you open the show with that Malachi Black entrance, that should get you into it. It's, oh yeah, 100%. Awesome. Still one of the best entrances in all of wrestling. And a uh, different for this match was uh, Leah Rush accompanying Dante Martin. That partnership uh, we're seeing between them really really kicked off on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Black and Martin really put on a, a highlight reel to open the show as the youngster Dante gave Malachi all he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in the end Black's working of the legs of Martin and Martin's reliance on high flying moves was the story as Dante went for high flying move after another and finally missed on a top rope move and then ate a black mass from Malachi black. And he could have been, <laughs> he could have been pinned for a 10 count, a 20 count, a 30 count, probably uh, as black took his time getting over there and but eventually picked up the pinfall win afterwards though, Malachi, Kind of gave Dante a, a nod of approval, maybe. Um, not sure, but it, it yeah. seemed like there was there was something there. What did you think about this opener? Yeah, um, this was great. I mean, Dante Martin was literally like we know him as like a flyer, and he mm-hmm. literally worked so much mm-hmm. on the mat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I love to see that side of him as well, like a different um, kind of like old saying, string to your bow type thing. Yeah. So, like, we know, like, he can do that. So, that's like quite good going forward for like 
future matches. Um, mm-hmm. Dante seems to be one of those um, from the new kids that are coming up, as in we know we have our four original pillars. Pillars. And yes. I feel like he's going to be one of the new pillars. You know, we've got to keep adding pillars. Yeah, um, the bigger the building gets, we need yeah, pillars. So he's he's definitely one that I feel like they have kind of like marked out early on for him to do mm-hmm. amazing stuff down the line. We saw this back with Darby Allen, with Sammy Guevara, Jungle mm-hmm. Boy, sadly MJF. Um, <laughs> so we know that they can pick these people out and see this potential in them. And then they've given them matches and to see how it works and stuff. And I was... No. I didn't know how this was going to go because, obviously, like I said, Dante Martin's normally the guy that flies around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so impressed. Yep. So impressed. And I think Malachi was as well. He just didn't, like, you know, smile. Because no. he can't no. smile. He's not going to smile. Um, but another reason he might not have been smiling was his stomach pains. Yeah. Now, did you notice like towards the end he started mm. doing like you know and I'm either that has something to do with part of his story and I'm assuming it does uh, maybe with the mist maybe with uh-huh. whatever the black stuff. Uh, yeah. Either that or he ate at Taco Bell right before the match. Because he and didn't do not to have do violent diarrhea mist, though, did he? He didn't do he, the mist. He didn't. And he's been doing that the last couple of matches, mm. and then all of a sudden he's got tummy issues, yeah, and no miss. So there could be a correlation there. Uh, I'm assuming that. Yeah, no, that's what <laughs> I think. Somebody on commentary mentioned it. It might have been Jr. Like, did he did he swallow the mist? Or they said something related to that, and I'm like, yeah, that might have been what happened. He's like, what? Well, tastes like crap. I didn't realize it tastes that bad. Um, um, but I'm I'm curious to see if that plays a part. Uh, yeah, future matches like a little little nugget where like, oh, did you catch that? And then it, it comes yeah. up later. It comes I do up love later. the fact that Malachi Black is like, as soon as he sounds raised, it's like, yeah, I'm off now. See you later. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> go to the bathroom. <laughs> He's just I, like, thanks very much. Uh, bye bye. <laughs> um, See ya. Yeah, great way to open the show. Stomach yeah, pains amazing. or not. And then uh, during an interview. Uh, backstage, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were jumped by the Super Elite, leaving Jungle Boy down and Luchasaurus being put through a table backstage. Super Elite just causing all kinds of troubles, huh? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The next in the ring at the inner circle were all back together, and that Miami crowd was hot for it. They were uh-huh. also ho- hot in a different way. For Dan Lambert and his group, as they uh, they made their way out, Jericho took a few a few shots verbally, particularly at Dan Lambert and Paige Van Zant. Wow, he, he really ripped into the Van Zant there on the mic. And Jericho wants a ten man tag match between the Inner Circle and Lambert's crew, but Lambert says things will be on his terms, and we'll hear those terms next week. Um. How did you like this promo battle between them? And I know I didn't go into everything they said, but I, I thought this was pretty good. Though. Yeah. Um, look, I said on our rampage, mm-hmm. 
review that I was going to explain why I sort of agree with this is good, but I don't fully agree with you that this is good. I get you. So, I am not an mm. MMA person. So, I have literally no idea who these people are apart from they look really tough and scary. And, mm. like, they could, like, knock me out. Um, me too. So, that aside, I don't get. Uh-huh. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, uh-huh. I get and I like them, even though I want to basically just like slap them across the face and yeah. say, what are you doing with your lives? Um, I mean, have your trousers shrunk in the wash? <laughs> My goodness, where's some socks, people? Um, oh. The other thing is, I, I still can't get over the fact of Dan Lambert calling AEW fans millennials when he's literally standing next to Ethan Page, who yeah. is a millennial. At this um, point, he's just trolling you, is what he's doing. I, I literally point. feel like this is now targeted at me. Mm-hmm, um, it is. But then on the other side, I'm like, I'm, I don't want to get into the whole, I wasn't very impressed with the whole Chris Jericho thing. Oh, which one of you is on top? Well, thing. I'm, I'm not going to get into that because I said yeah. my thoughts on that and yeah. moved on. Um, yeah. The thing that I love now. And the key word being now, now is the fact that it's not a fractured inner circle. It's them all back together. So mm-hmm. I can now invest myself in that side of things instead of that Lambert side of things. Yeah. Um, I feel like when it was just Jericho, it was just Hager, there wasn't that. I think Jericho is that type of person that he's great at promos, but he needs, sometimes he needs other people to bounce off from that Mm -hmm. are loyal to him for it sometimes to like not come over as like, I don't know how to say, like kind of specifically targeting things. Um, He is an older guy. um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes his words don't come across in the best light. <laughs> yeah. But where you've got Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz and stuff, mm. I mean, Jake Hager's just Jake Hager. Yeah, he's just Jake Hager. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're a lot more um, grounded in the sense that they know yeah. what's going to translate well over mm-hmm. to general mm-hmm. audience, not just the audience that's in that crowd, because yeah. when you're in that atmosphere, you can get caught up in it because everybody else is. But when uh-huh. you're at home and you're watching it with just, let's be honest, yourself, uh-huh. and yeah. you're just going, <laughs> he said, what? But with Santana Ortiz and Sammy, when they say something, you can get behind them because it's not as, it's not yeah. as like targeted and stuff. Um. So I like the fact that we've now got the full inner circle and now I can enjoy it from that side of things. Yeah. If that makes mm. sense. I got you. I got you. Um, it, it does. It does make sense. You you got something in the fight there that yeah. you can latch on to, even I if it's, like, you're not a huge I feel like fan. I've been invited now yeah. to enjoy this. Originally, I was just like, yeah. I don't get it. But I think, <laughs> Why is everyone else enjoying it? I think Jericho's shots at the verbal shots at Lambert and at Van Zant, you know, some of the lines mm. were, you know, 
you know, you could say he crossed the line with some of the, the, the remarks, especially that made to Van Zant, which was you had Van Zant's husband there who was one of the MMA guys, and I don't know his name, not as familiar with who's who. Some of uh-huh. them I can name now uh, because I've, I've seen them on there so much. But you could tell, you know, he, he got fired up at Jericho. That could lead to something there too. Um, you know, we, we talked about wanting a female member of uh, with the inner circle. The hmm. fact that he was targeting her and that, you know, and her getting fired up and all that, it kind of made me feel like at some point she's going to get even more involved with attacking the inner circle, specifically Jericho, because now there's something personal there. And I'm hoping that does bring somebody out or uh, have Jericho bring somebody out to face Van Zandt because obviously he's not going to do it. You know, nobody hmm. in their circle is going to do it. So that's where I'm hoping that's going because he was targeting her in that. And I'm hoping that instigate something. Uh, where she keeps taking shots at him physically that he's not going to respond to, so he brings somebody in. Who that mm-hmm. is, I don't know. But anywho, uh, I'm hoping that's where it goes. We'll see. Could be wrong. Uh, but I do like that you have something you can latch on to. This, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this thing now. Um, uh, I think this is uh, this next match was was something else. It was it was a fun one. But one that caught me off guard, uh, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, yeah. it, was Lucha, uh, it was the Lucha Brothers defending their AAA or putting their AAA tag titles on the line versus a mass tag team that Andrade picked. This tag team was called Los Super Ranas. Um, who were they? Didn't know at first, although we had a pretty good idea. <laughs> they yeah. were dressed in all green the luchador outfits with masks I love, on i love how punk was just like we know it's who it is right <laughs> i was just like i'm trying to yes. guess like no but we know who it is it's like all right punk i'm thick fine just... yeah but he's like, and then and the best bit was and then when they revealed it it was like even the crowd seemed surprised I was they did like, not everybody is like watching the footwork to distinguish what wrestling yeah. is. You have it, a monitor right in front of you. Well, at first I was like, because I wouldn't, I was not expecting who it was to be who it was. Because I'm like, it really doesn't make sense in storyline. But when Punk mentioned body type, I was like, oh yeah. But but why? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense, which it did later, but it didn't make sense though. Um, but it, yeah, so it was, yeah, it, but it was good though. Cause a lot of times those surprises you're looking at and you're going, it's obvious who that is guys. I mean, you can tell who it is and the commentators are going, I wonder who it is. I don't know. But <laughs> punk was the polar opposite of that. He's like, I know who it is. Are we all idiots? <laughs> so he was on the other end of the spectrum. He's like, come on guy. I've done the math here. I figured it out. Why is nobody else seeing this? You know, anyways, <laughs> it was just funny hearing that side of it, although not everybody was clued into it. Um, but so to get into the match, so after a, it was a wild match. Uh, it was a fun one. Uh, would you believe it if I told you that FTR was under those masks and they were going to be the new AAA tag team champs? Of, of course, of course, you're going to believe me because you saw it. Oh, yeah, good point. But you, you wouldn't have believed me if I had told you this before the match. But yes, yeah. with with Tully Blanchard running out, he ran out down to distract the ref. Uh, and Dax had one of the belts, 
And as Phoenix went for a dive off the top rope, Dax clobbered him in the head with the belt, then hit a brain buster and picked up the victory. FTR, or rather, Los Superanas, are the new AAA tag team champions. How about that? Um, I'm going to say, I'm guessing a lot of people are happy. I guess this is going to be kind of along the lines of when Matt Cardona got the GCW belt. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And he's like, <laughs> kind of, um, yeah, he's, he's rubbing it in the faces of the true GCW fans. Yeah. Uh, really the polar opposite of what, yeah. and claiming, claiming to be the, the king of hardcore or whatever he was yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that could be interesting. Well, well, that's a good idea. This basically. This is basically a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, it, which could be know, a good thing for business for AAA if they go down and defend those titles down there, too. We know in the background this has been all okay. But in kayfabe world, yeah. which is where we live. We live in kayfabe world. We live in kayfabe. Um, the rides are awesome. Lines are long. but They're good. not going to be happy. Um, but this does give so many opportunities for... <laughs> Some amazing wrestlers to come over to AEW mm-hmm. and beat up FTR. So I'm happy for that. I'll I try do love to. the fact that the AAA tag belts are now on two of the most old school wrestlers <laughs> yeah. ever. And it's more of a luchador title. Uh yeah, that is it it's it's gonna be the more I think about it, the more fun this could be. Uh it's could Basically, be I just FTR have now become Matt Cardona. Yeah. Because <laughs> one. Hated in GCW. He is literally. Yeah. Hated. <laughs> they could, they could one, either claim to be like the greatest luchadors in the history of the business, you know, or something where you, you take it to that extreme, or two, they could go the route of uh, they're the new age luchadors. No more of this. They're changing the way that. That luchadors are seen. We're not about high flying and not about flipping. You know, they could do it. They could go two different paths with that. And get good, be, get good heat either way. This must be on the lines of what Kenny did to Marks for AAA fans. Oh, like this be like they must be so annoyed right now. Like, so, so this is the happiest moment for AAA fans. No, I'm not no, understanding. No, not, I'm not, no. I don't. I don't you know, get Kenny, what you're saying. Kenny, stole Kenny to Mox. Kenny stole the belt. And won ran the belt away to Impact, and he won the belt and then defended it repeatedly. We're not going through this again. Anyway, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is, <laughs> okay. Triple A fans are probably fuming. Yes, they probably are. And I, I, I sympathize because, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, we have both tag titles. Oh, we just nope. have one. <laughs> That's a fast. That's a fast. But I love the fact that I did see on um, Twitter now, like, FTR have, like, had championships literally everywhere they've gone now, tag championships. Mm-hmm. And they've then just got the AAA ones as well. <laughs> well deserved, though. Yeah. They've deserved every champ. They're they're a fantastic tag they're team. Fantastic all that all team. that aside, they're good but, at what they do. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> but, I 
And one of you them, don't like them. It's not that, but I feel I feel sympathy for yeah. people that them belts mean a lot to. Yeah, exactly. Because I got burnt by somebody doing this type of stuff um, when they took a certain beautiful title away because um, they were absolute A-hats. And I feel, I feel like I can relate to the fact that uh, these belts have been stolen. Yeah, you can relate. Mm-hmm. See, we're all connected. <laughs> Oh, I can relate to winners. No, you can't. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, that, sorry. What, how, what, what championships do the books have? Uh, next, mm-hmm. uh, in the back. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, in the back with Tony Schiavone was Dante Martin. Has a GCW title. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Back with Tony Giovanni was Dante Martin and Leo Rush, and Leo Leo talked about how Dante's loss to Black was a like a teachable moment. But from this moment forward, things are changing because Dante has a new tag partner, and his name so happens to be Leo Rush. Uh, did but did Dante look a little reluctant though? Kinda. Do I feel like? Dante Martin has been kind of like coerced into this deal. It feels like it. It's, um, it's, have we got Conman Mahardy and now a Conman Leo Rush? It's um, it kind of feels that way. A Finch, you know what? When I saw this, and after we saw the little not for Malachi, um, I but, sort of started thinking. Do you remember how we originally said Malachi can take the lost souls? Mm-hmm. Is this not kind of pushing Dante that way? <laughs> it might be. Like making um, him do something he doesn't seem overly happy with. And when Malachi gave Dante the nod, Dante was just like, yeah. Like <laughs> someone respecting me for doing something where Leo Rush is like, yeah, I told you to listen to me and I told you to do this. <laughs> and like Malachi's just like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels weird. It's like all of a sudden everybody wants Dante Martin. Dude, I mean, he's like, amazing. So, yeah. But it's so <laughs> funny. Like, Matt Seidel was like his tag partner, and then like I Leo so Rush. Like his brother. His yeah, brother his, is just his, so long going. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. His brother gets hurt. Good point. Go even further. His brother gets hurt. So, where's Dante going? Well, Matt Seidel's like, ooh, I'll tag with him. Dante's pretty awesome. And then Leo Rush comes in, and Matt's like, dude, what? <laughs> All Leo Rush does is go get uh, you know, Matt Sidell a match with Sam Punk and gets his butt whooped. And then, <laughs> and then while Matt Sidell's you know, licking his wounds from losing to Sam Punk, uh, Leo's like, hey, I'll be your tag partner. And at the same time, at the same time, Malachi Black's like, I kind of like that kid. He's good. <laughs> I just love the fact that when Dante goes home, like, his brother must be like, seriously, dude, what the? I don't know. Like, I got, I got talking to Leo Rush. Then all of a sudden, we're signing a contract, and now yeah. he's a partner. And it's just like, and, now, and Malachi Black's checking me out. I don't know, man. Like, you the know? family's like, you're meant to play nicely with your brother. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting complicated. Leo just, in, Leo just invites himself around for dinner. Uh, <laughs> 
Malachi's just at the window being creepy. It's like, okay. Yeah. But, that, you know, it is interesting because I know Malachi is supposed to play, he's supposed to be a, a, a I think he's, they're portraying him as a, a typical heel, you know, not that he's viewed that way by every fan. I was gonna say, but, he ain't being yeah. viewed as a heel. Yeah, I know, but but it would be interesting to see because you got Leo who's in his ear trying to to sway what he's doing to to change him to mold him the way he wants to have him uh, be. Uh, you could have uh, Malachi going the opposite way, and like if he, you might see him talking to him or make cut a promo and look, you you know, you make your own decisions. Like mm. I'm not I'm not telling you what to do. You know, we all make our own paths. Like, given that kind of speech yeah. where it's like, and Dante something may click with him, like, wow, he's right. Like, Leo's trying to tell me what to do. Malachi's telling me to do whatever I want to do, make my own yeah. path. So I'm following Malachi. But it could be a way Malachi's manipulating, though. So it's 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 his way of playing mind games. Or it could be viewed as Malachi's just letting him be his own person. You know, so it could it's complicated with that if they oh. go that that way with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just I think it could be a really intriguing storyline if they work the Malachi play. If there is something to that look that Malachi gave him, I um, still just feel really sorry for his brother. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and that could that could play into it too because when he comes back, you know, if he if he is mixed up with either Leo or Malachi, either one uh, that could uh, that could pl- uh, play a big part of the story there is brother returning and what happens we'll see as always we will see in a stairwell somewhere in the arena tony shivani caught up with ftr as they um, were le- as they were leaving with the triple a tag belts and mjf showed up to celebrate and also to meet up with andrade to collect payment for the use of ftr against the lucha brothers and mjf made it clear though that this FTR Andrade partnership was one not only, and he was a little bit disrespectful. Imagine that. Imagine MJF being disrespectful to Andrade. So even if this doesn't uh, culminate in anything now, it kind of plants the seeds for an Andrade MJF little thing down the road. Uh, Yeah. But I, I like this stairwell meeting. And I liked it that it was in a stairwell. It was somewhere different than like at a, a vignette set up backstage mm-hmm. or anything. It's like, no, we're just walking down the stairs and Tony Schiavone's trying to follow him because Tony's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, I like that little segment. Cool. And we did, and we, because we get, we got that uh, reasoning behind, because my issue with that match with FTR was, man, the pinnacle supposed to be this big time. I didn't really mention it in the match, but, I mean, they're like one of the most dominant factions or the most dominant faction, if you take the elite out of it, uh, in AEW. So, um, you know, it's like, why is FTR doing something so goofy, like dressing up in green outfits to wrestle, even if it's for titles? But it didn't seem like something FTR would do. But I do love that we got this little detail is that there's a reasoning behind it. Like, you know, there's payment being made. Andrade's paying for the services, so there's something they're getting out of this. So, anyways. Something I like. I just like the little details, and I thought that yeah. was important. But, yes, this next match. 
I know you want Blink to talk about this. and one. you miss it. Yes. It was John Moxley versus Wheeler, Utah, and before the fans even sat down from Mox's entrance music, <laughs> he had already already defeated Utah with a paradigm <laughs> shift. That was quick. And just like that, uh, he, he exited the, the arena through the crowd, and Orange Cassidy stared down, like staring at, after Moxley, not too happy about what had just happened uh, to his, his friend as the doctor was checking on Wheeler in the ring. I mean, man, your thoughts, Sarah. Oh, that's really game too, isn't it? <laughs> man. Look. Poor, poor Wheeler. Look, Marx is really annoyed right now. Um, he, he is. had a very, very um, brutal match with uh, Nick Gage at GCW. Or the title, um, his back was lit up and scarred and bloody and everything. So, I mean, probably in a bit of pain. Um, you think he, he just literally <laughs> had zero time for Willie YouTube. It's just like, nah, nah, yeah. done. So, um, we are heading to a heel, so we have to be, um. Uh. And then, obviously, later on, we find out about the brackets for the tournament. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it, and I'm genuinely a bit Mm. nervous. Mm -hmm. I thought about you when I saw that bracket. Not because I don't think Mox will get to the bit where, you know, he's in the final for it. It's the other side that I'm looking at. And... Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, so basically, yeah. um, Marx was really angry. Will you two got the brunt of it? And that was basically the match. This reminded me a lot of, and it's it's funny we're talking about uh, the hill turn for Moxley because it, it feels like this is the way we're going with it. Uh, it's it's obvious, but it's also going to be a fun ride getting there with it. Mm. Um. But a oh, fun ride for some people, not for Wheelie Utah and others in the path, but yeah. fun for us to watch. Uh, it, it, this match to me was a little bit of a callback to Kenny Omega beating Sonny Kiss so quickly. Yeah. Because you remember yeah. when that, which originally was going to be Joey Janela, he was injured or uh, COVID or something. Um, he was, wasn't able to, to be in the match, and Sonny's so likable. And mm-hmm. then boom, like Kenny just, you know, beat yeah. him so quickly and just uh, you know very it had a very disrespectful feel to it which mm-hmm. was part of that uh that early move towards you know the kenny we have now yeah so we see where kenny is now he's like one of the most hated people in wrestling which is where he wants to be where he should be so with this wheeler utah although he's he's not been you know in the company that long he's liked he's very likable he's a likable dude he's with the best friends Arns cassie's likable you know, he's an extension of Orange Cassidy, uh, that kind of feel to it. And for Moxie to come in and just smear this kid so quickly, it definitely had that uh, Kenny Omega beating Sonny Kiss feel. I was still uh, cheering. So. Oh, well, I know. And, yeah, I was still cheering when, you know, Kenny beat Sonny Kiss because, you know, oh. I, I was ready for that. I wanted to get to that version of Kenny. Um, but so. I posted on my Twitter the other day about – um. An Instagram story that Trent put on the Saturday. 
mm-hmm. and if you saw it, um, it is golden. And he basically <laughs> put up the graphic of the match between mm-hmm. Willie Utah and John Moxley, and underneath, he put Moxley, naughty word, <laughs> ox up handsome young man that no one ever asked me if I was cool with him joining our group or not. To that yeah. Like, does Sue have a bigger van? Yeah. There are questions we need to ask in this situation, by the way. <laughs> like, has Sue upgraded the van? Yeah. I mean, don't need a, why, need a didn't ask, why didn't they ask Trent? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really just kind of showed up. that land all of a sudden? She mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah. What, what what's going on? Yeah. Um it is because was was Orange Cassie the only member out there with him? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's gonna be part of the story or not, but it's you know, where everyone all the rest of the best friends are like, Yeah, whatever, we're not getting in the way of Moxley. And Orange yeah. Cassie's the the only one that is, you know. He's like, Yeah, I'm not I can't see him get you know kid get his butt handed to him so I don't know it could be part of the story too because oh, you're well right really you did this just kind of show up didn't he well done Moxley <laughs> for winning bravo bravo yeah 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 um next Serena D did was he even break a sweat t- did, no he no he didn't um which is very very angry yeah uh next Serena D was letting Tony Schiavone know that she's back with an attitude we all know that Serena uh, because while she was out, she thought the women's division got too complacent. Then suddenly, uh, Sheeta flew in and leveled deep, and the two brawled as the segment ended. That um, is so, a new side of Sheeta. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not expect that. No, uh, you know, we were happy to see like the uh, the. Uh, nasty side of, of Serena Deeb come out. Uh, it really adds to her character. And that seems to have, like you said, unlocked a version of Sheeta that we haven't seen yet. So, mm. And also, did you know, this... did you catch that punk mentioned her hair? Uh-uh. Mentioned whose hair? Serena Deeb's hair. Uh-uh. Oh, was he? <laughs> I didn't catch it, but I'm assuming it's 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 referring to her head yeah. being shaved when she was part of uh, yeah. the uh, Straight Edge Society, right? Yeah. He was like, oh, oh, okay. Long hair. <laughs> That's great. I, I missed it. I hate that I did. But, oh my goodness, it was good. I hate that I missed it. Now. Um. All right. Next, we had the Super Click. Oh uh, my god, this match. The Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus the Dark Orders. Uno. Um, Silver Adam and Cole Reynolds. Who? Hmm? Adam Cole. Who? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, but the match, which it was a a fun match. Uh, oh, it was so good. Dark Order, um, especially Uno. Uh, I mean, I Silver him. too, and Reynolds too. They're all so. Uh, I hate to keep using the word underrated with the Dark Order because it seems like I talk about that with Uno. We talk about that with Grayson, really with everybody. But they're so good um, at playing their roles. They know who they are, and it just—it's uh, just their matches are just fun, uh, just especially when you, Luna. yeah, especially when you put them across from a, a group like the Super Click. I mean, this just the, uh, you know, just the 
they're just so different. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, they, they, uh, they feed well off each other. I'll put it that way. Um, but in the end, uh, Alex Reynolds was isolated. Uh, it, then he was given a super kick party by the Bucks, which went into a Panama Sunrise from Adam Cole, which led into a BTE trigger by the Bucks. And that led into the boom from Adam Cole. So Reynolds was just annihilated in the end. And that was all she wrote as Adam Cole picked up the pinfall win over Reynolds. Afterwards, Jungle Boy came running out. Uh, you know, obviously still upset from that attack earlier and went straight after Adam Cole, but was quickly outnumbered, tossed out of the ring, but he came back into the ring with a chair and cleared the ring of everyone except for Brandon Cutler, who was beaten with a chair by Jungle Boy and put into the snare trap. Jungle Boy dared anyone to come back in the ring to save him, but did anyone do that? No. As, as usual, Brandon Cutler's left alone. Poor Cutler. So how, how did you like this match? This match for me, um, I needed this match. Mm. I needed this match to give me happy chemicals. I needed it to just like, not that the rest of the show wasn't amazing, but I just, I just <laughs> yeah. needed to not have something mega serious and just like mm. enjoy a wrestling mm. match with, you know, some comedy in it. And, I could always rely on the Dark Order to do something like that anyway. Um, So I was so happy with this. Um, Look, I'm going to say this, and you can take it how you want it. Uh I don't like Uh the Elite. I think that is pretty obvious. Breaking news, everybody. Breaking news. I know. Breaking news right here on the Beauty and the Beard podcast. Sarah doesn't like the Elite. Everybody is shocked. Everybody the is shocked. Only exception is Adam Cole because his entire in-ring like persona is just yeah can't not enjoy it. I, I legit can't. Like, I can't outwardly <laughs> not like him. It's really annoying me now. I just generally just his entire little baby thing in the middle of the <laughs> ring and. The yeah. sheer look on his face when Silver ran him and Alex Reynolds ran back and forth and then kisses on the cheeks and his realization. Because if you've been watching like BTE, like John Silver and Alex Reynolds have been going up to him, like saying, Can we be friends? And like, been, like generally like annoying Adam <laughs> Cole, going, We can friends. He's like, No, I've got friends. And like getting <laughs> really annoyed with them, just like walking off and stuff. And then just this, they are. Oh, the fuel, the realization on his face, he looked like what? And then from like being shocked, just like really angry in like a split second. It's just, I can't, I can't not like him. And my, my hope for Adam Cole, and I know I am arresting so much on his shoulders, but please be the catalyst that ends Kenny Omega's entire you know, elite hierarchy be the reason they implode. You know, they're not imploding. Good boy, friends of a high man. He's a nice guy. Um, and also, can we please take a moment for Evil Uno and Mr. Socko? That was great. That was fantastic. Was it? It was Nick Jackson's sock. He literally yeah. pulled off his foot. And the pop uh. from the crowd. 
was, was instantaneous. We didn't even have to think about it. Uh, it was Mr. Sacco's cousin. I think uh, that was it. I that just, was that. I was so happy. That was good stuff. That uh, that spot and the Silver and Reynolds kissing Cole. Yeah. On the cheek spot was 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 money, and that goes back to the whole you were talking about how them wanting to be friends with Adam Cole. Yeah. <laughs> so when the Bucks did their little run off the ropes thing they've been doing recently, and then they usually stop. Well, Adam Cole has uh, somebody in like the camel clutch. I think that's what yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And then they'll stop and kiss Cole on the cheeks. And this one, uh, <laughs> Silver and Reynolds took out uh, the Bucks while they were trying to do it, and then they kissed him on the cheeks, which yeah. that was just that was so good. And so we good. are recording this on a Monday, so BTA is coming out today, and I am oh, yeah. so excited to find out. <laughs> You're like, let's get so done, let's get things. done, because um, I think it's our, I think it's out now already. So, yeah. so, you're so I, I'm bit. like really excited to see what happens, but like this is I. When originally Young got started doing this run and back forth thing and then kissing Adam Cole on the cheeks, um, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, this is really stupid. There's a reason for everything in it. Yeah, even those it little gets things. There. It eventually gets there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so look, absolute yep. golden stuff. I was just. I just felt so warm and fuzzy. I was so happy. <laughs> Thank you, AEW. <laughs> yeah. A great, fun, fun match. You're right, though. Um, if you want warm and fuzzy feelings, go the Dark Order. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. I can't believe it. I can't believe how the Dark Order started in AEW. I I'm actually saying those words now. If you want a warm and fuzzy feeling, go check out that cult. That's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Drink the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid. All right, then we got another look at this new relationship between uh, Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson. And it's it's tough love, not only from Arn, but from the rest of the Nightmare family. Uh, Brock Anderson, Lee Johnson, Red Velvet, even Colin King, they were all tearing Cody down, both mentally and physically, in the ring at the Rhodes Wrestling Academy school thingy. And it seems as though all of this is being done to prepare Cody for another bout with Malachi Black. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, Sarah. Where do I begin? Um, this is not going to get Cody over. <laughs> yeah. it, it's not. It's not going to work. Um, if that's what you think you're for, I think you, you think that's what it's being done for. Uh, uh, hey, why are we wrestling Malachi Black again when Arn said don't wrestle Malachi Black again? Um, mm. If they get this wrong, then they will really messed up. You can't have Cody beat Malachi Black. Do you, do you think, you know, I, I hadn't thought about this until just now, which happens a lot with the show as we get to talk and I go, oh, wait a minute. Uh-huh. Do you think that Malachi's quote unquote sickness in the ring is going to play anything into this match? Um, you know, we just got through saying nothing happens on accident in AEW. Uh-huh. Um, 
the details. We're leading into this match, and we just saw Malachi, like at the end of his match with Dante Martin, go to his knees, and like something was wrong with him internally. Mm. Um, I wonder. Um, I don't know. It makes me question, like, if, if yeah, that's going to factor into that finish. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not going to make you happy if you lose this. I know. No. But if um, there's a story there, it might make it uh, not to make fun at uh, Malachi Black's uh, stomach issues. It might make it easier to swallow um, if yeah, there's something I mean, there. The thing is, though, is I'm I'm not 100% sure what angle they're trying to do with Cody. If they are mm-hmm. trying to redeem him and get him back as the Cody everybody loved, beating one of the guys at the crowd are absolutely in admiration for is not going to achieve that. If you're trying to turn Cody full heel, which I don't Mm -hmm. understand if that's the case, why aren't even involved, then he's already a heel in a lot of people's eyes, so you don't really need to do much work. Um, I just... Mm. But with that... okay, I just feel like when... Something struck me when they said, no matter where you are, if you're wrestling CM Punk, even if you're in your hometown, you are still the away team because of yeah. the reaction he gets. That mm-hmm. is sort of what... He doesn't, Malachi doesn't get it along the lines of what Punk has. Yeah. But he's definitely over, even though he's meant to be a heel. Yeah. And if you then put Cody against him, trying to get Cody over, mm-hmm. Cody's starting off already on a back foot. There's no way that this will work if that's what their intention is. I'm hoping, um, cautiously hoping, that it is um, more of a heel turn for Cody. And I know you know your question, well, why is Arn involved with that? But Arn's really since the you know the promo with the Glock. On Cody, he's he's sort of Arn sort of turned heel in that moment, oh. sort of. Uh, in my eyes, anyways. I mean, because he, you know, you you loved it. I'm probably because he's like he's tearing down Cody. You know, it's like yeah, that that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I still think that was more of a heel side of Arn, and the way he's treating Cody. If Cody then in this match with Malachi takes on those attributes that Arn is showing to him, which uh-huh. may be what this whole thing's designed for. And a flip a switch flips in Cody to where he is that the incarnation of Arn, Arn's mentality towards him and it's represented in what Cody starts doing in the ring. And that way Cody could turn heel. Um you might not call it a true heel turn, but if he starts uh, with that mentality of win at all costs, um, it it may work as a heel persona where Malachi Black, if he's especially if he's having internal issues that we don't know what's going on, and uh, where Cody takes advantage of things, it works into the fact that Malachi's getting cheers and Cody's getting booed. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out, but it, it, that's the feeling I get from these vignettes is that eventually 
Cody's going to have to do whatever it takes to win. And in doing that, he has no choice but to get rained down on with booze because the crowd's not going to like the way he gets the win. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's a gray area. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be complicated uh, because that match is coming up this uh, this next dynamite, correct? Oh. So hmm. that should you be a fun. I, do you know what I thought would be an interesting? Probably not going to happen, but you know how um, we've just had Malachi give Dante the nod. Mm-hmm. And we were saying like that Leo Rush seems to be like kind of dragging Dante down the way that he wants it to be done. Like I am your type partner, all this type of stuff. Yeah. If something happens where Cody gets the win through whatever means he does. Uh-huh. And then like say continues beating Malachi down, which I will be fuming at. Mm-hmm. What if Dante comes down for a save? Oh, um, so that would be awfully well. I don't know. I mean, it could. I mean, it'd be awfully quick because he's supposed. But it it could do it, and then that causes even more friction between him and Leo because Leo's mm-hmm. like, "What are you doing?" You know, and it 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 plays into the confusion with Dante because you mm-hmm. know. But then, if if you set that up, imagine, um. A few between Dante Martin and Lee Johnson uh-huh. coming out of that. That yeah. would be great. That would be great. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and Cody okay, looking yeah. really perplexed, like, oh. yeah. Cause if, cause if Cody does kind of turn heelish, uh, do you have the rest of the Nightmare family? Cause they were really acting like bullies. And I mean, uh-huh. I guess you to, I know it's, it's tough love, but you know, Colin King, Lee Johnson, even, Rock Anderson, like talking down to Cody, it didn't paint those guys and gal in a um, in a uh, favorable light from a uh, babyface perspective. Huh. Uh, it did make them come across as, you know, unlikable. I guess uh-huh. whether you like Cody or not, it just kind of it, it made them seem unlikable. So, yeah, could. Could we see like the hillside of Lee Johnson, Kylan King, and and those come out, you know, uh, and that would work in a, in a, you know, because Lee Johnson was beaten by Malachi Black and all that, you know, where it's he has animosity towards Black too, and all that, you know, I don't know, just kind of there's a lot of complicated pieces in this uh-huh. story that that make me like it. Um, yeah, I know you don't like what the possible outcome could be in the match this Wednesday, but um, it's not Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, this Saturday. I get so confused. This next Saturday, yes, because Dynamite's moved again. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's. there's so many parts in this that could make it really complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just with Malachi Black and Cody, but with so many other people. Like you mentioned, the little nod to Dante and uh, Leo Rush with Dante being sort of connected to this and the rest of the Nightmare family and Arn Anderson. There's so many parts. And, and Dustin. Yeah, I forgot about Dustin. Dustin was there too. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what does all this mean for everybody on the peripheral of this situation? So I don't know. I could be, you know, writing so much so, too much into this to where it's not that complicated, but I'm making it really complicated in my head. Uh, and I like that. We shall see. Won't have to wait too long. 
Dang it. If it was Wednesday, we wouldn't have to wait that long at all, but it is what it is. All right. Then uh, MJF came out and announced himself with a mic because uh, Justin Roberts didn't do it uh, for his supposed match with Darby Allen, claiming Darby's not here because he broke Darby's mentality. And, and when he, quote unquote, found out Darby was attacked last week, he pretended he had no idea what had happened, but still was calling him unprofessional and mid for not showing up. Then Warlow brought out uh, Bryce Rimsberg from the back, and they forced him to do a 10 count so the MJF would officially win the match. But just as Bryce hit nine, the lights went out, and out came Sting. As he climbed into the ring, bat in hand, MJF pushed Wardlow right into a Sting bat shot to the gut. Wardlow dropped, and MJF got the heck out of there. MJF wanted nothing to do with the icon. Um, so how would you like this segment between uh, MJF and Sting? Yeah, I, we knew that MJF was going to go mm-hmm. down this type of road. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love um, Punk's comment. Um, you know how I know there's not a match because Wardlow's not with him. <laughs> that's what that's what Punk brings the commentary. I mean, it really is those he's, things, he's right? Um, so yeah, I mean, this we we expected MJF to like say something like this and be along them lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just hope Darby's okay. <laughs> yeah, I really wish they would have hammered home the fact that he wasn't cleared. Like yeah, I feel like we and, normally oh. would have got like an update. Yeah, the, um, they mentioned it a little bit last week, and uh, I think they kept saying, well, obviously he's not going to be here, but I wish they would have, to make Darby seem tougher, said, look, Darby wanted to be here, but he's not going to be here because he's not medically clear. Like, the doctors won't clear it. I wish they would have really said that more than they did. Um Tony Schiavone was with Anna Jay for an interview, but she was quickly interrupted by AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker, who put her down for for hanging out with losers like the Dark Order and Ty Conti. Uh, Britt kept running her mouth until Anna Jay finally had enough, and she caught Britt with a stiff right hand, and the segment ended as they were brawling. Uh, so what did you think about this little interaction between Britt and uh, Anna Jay? I... Not 100% sure where it's come from. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. Which out of nowhere is like what I was saying. What I was saying on the rampage review is like one of my real big eh, things for this women's uh-huh. division is things just happen. I know things have to start somewhere. I get that, but mm-hmm. like to come in and then all of a sudden start brawling. Yeah, it's just. A tiny well, bit random. Well, to to further home your point, uh, like I mentioned earlier with MJF and Andrade in the stairwell, um, that little uh, the disrespectful treatment the MJF gave Andrade, it well, it's not going to lead to a match immediately. Um, it's that little nugget you get, so that down the road, when there is an issue, you're like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, they kind of those little seeds are planted along the way that lead to them actually starting a feud or something. Uh-huh. They're not really uh, that I've noticed really 
planting a ton of seeds in the women's division. Things no. just happen unless I'm missing them, unless they're going over my head or unless they're happening on dark or dark elevation, which I don't watch on a regular basis. Um, but if those seeds are being planted on those shows, they really need to at least show a snippet or like a highlight of something that happened on dark or dark elevation to kind of hammer that home. Like, Hey, this is kind of how this started. She was disrespected in something or she interfered in something or something. Um, if that is the case and it may not be. Um, and if you've watched dark and have seen something more between Brent and Anna Jay, let us know, uh, that if we've missed that, um, but yeah, it does seem to come out of nowhere. And it also is something that really is a negative with this. And I'm not, I'm not like saying, I don't want to see Anna Jay versus Britt Baker. It's going to be awesome. But we just saw uh, the same type of thing happen, sort of, with Serena Deeb and uh-huh. Cheetah. And then we kind of got the same thing with Anna Jay and Britt Baker. It's just, it felt, other than the wording that was used, it felt copy and paste. Yeah. So there was exactly. nothing special about either one of those. Um, but hey, I'm, I'm cool with Britt versus Anna. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just, just, just want just want some just want something else with yeah, it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, next we had we had uh, Kira Hogan versus Penelope Ford with the bunny, and after a fun match between Kira and Penelope, Penelope hit a cutter and caught Kira with the Muda lock, forcing Hogan to tap out. Afterwards, uh, Ruby so- Soho flew from the back, attacking Penelope getting uh, a measure of revenge after Penelope attacked her with the brass knuckles on Rampage. Uh, so how did you, how did you like this match in the aftermath? Um, this match was good. My only, my only problem was the crowd was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very quiet. And it, it probably, I again, sometimes it, think it, then you, for someone then watching at home, it's hard for you then to be invested in the match if the crowd that has seen it live aren't. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, it, I think it falls victim to the same thing we just talked about with the segment backstage. Uh-huh. Is kind of came out of nowhere. There's no heat behind the match. No. Unless I missed something. And Kira Hogan hasn't, I mean, she's been on. I love Kira Hogan. Um, she hasn't been featured a ton or really given any character development. Now, Penelope has, but there's still no, you know, reason for the match other than competition. So, you know, there's, you know, I guess it's, I'm not, I guess I'm not, uh, I'm giving the audience a pass on not getting so excited because they really weren't given a reason yeah. to be invested in the match other than it just being a match. Like, mm-hmm. this could have been a match on Dark. I yeah. guess it's that kind of, that kind of feeling. Um, not, no disrespect to Penelope or Kira, but it really, it just didn't have that, uh, the heat to it that's not their fault necessarily um, yes. so but, but i did thought it was a fun, it was i thought it was a fun match uh, regardless but yeah just didn't didn't have the heat though mm-hmm. um all right then we heard from miro as this was an awesome promo by the way this, this might have been one, be of, one of his one of best. The best promos of the year yeah um and he seemed to be questioning his god almost arguing um, uh, with his God, uh, why would he let him fail like this? And and because of this failure, he will not be able to go home to his wife in shame. Uh, he vows to be God's favorite champion again, so that he can see his wife once again. Um, 
but it was really um, eerie, I guess, yeah, is really the best dark. way to put that. Yeah, yeah. what do you think about it? I love this. Like, I'm all for anything dark. Like, you know me. Spookier the better. Um, sure. This was really good. And I do love the fact that after this, like, Twitter was like, Miro versus God. <laughs> God is all elite. Um, so here yeah, we go. Here we go. Um, but yeah, this was an amazing, amazing promo. Um, yeah, what? What are you going to do, Miro? You got no, no way. Yep. But I love how AW and Miro haven't just gone, well, I've no belt. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. It took a few shows off, you know, which is good. You need a little bit of a buffer there where it's mm-hmm. like, we don't just go right into something. But yeah, he's right back at this thing and it's still sticking to that story of his character. But he's kind of, you know, in the same promo, which is why it's so good, he seemed a little bit vulnerable, um, but pissed off in the same. You know, it's like, He's broken a tad from the loss, but it's like he's, but it's making him more angry and angry at his God, which, you know, uh, you know, there's a, it's a weird feeling to that too, but it's like, man, what, where is this going to lead? And the fact that he keeps bringing his wife up in this too, he wants to win her, feels like he's wanting to win her back, which he doesn't say that, you know, that from her perspective, that might be just silly. <laughs> mm. I can't come home because I lost. She's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. But, but I still feel like this is at some point leading to her coming in, uh, whether it's going to take him winning a championship again, uh, you know, maybe win the TNT title back again. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure where the story's going, but uh, yeah, it's, he's such a, uh, um, and we talk about Darby all the time of having a character with so many layers. Uh, Miro's the same kind of way. He's becoming that character where it's, those layers start unfolding and you know it's i could you know from this perspective of him being like the way he is i could see him even not not yet but because of the little bit of vulnerability coming out in this just a tad i could see a sliver of a baby face there um not yet but i can see it just just a crack where i could go you know what Eventually, if you see, I could see myself get behind this guy. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I just, I love the layers. Love those layers. <laughs> Good character work by Mira. So next, uh, Hangman Adam Page, the new number one contender for the AEW World Title, joined Tony Schiavone in the ring, and Page gave everyone a lesson in what Cowboys really means. Uh, it means taking on Jericho in the first title match, even though he lost. Winning the tag titles with Kenny Omega. Letting the past stay in the past. Making new friends. Hello, Dark Order. Putting his shot on the line to help those friends. You know, putting his world title shot on the line when he did. That's Cowboyish. Uh, and taking time off for his son's birth. That line was great. Like, uh-huh. that's Cowboyish. Um Winning the ladder match uh, and becoming the new uh, number one contender, that was Cowboys. And win or lose at full gear, he guarantees, like he doesn't know how it's going to end, but he guarantees us that we're going to get Cowboys at full gear. 
Um, I loved this promo from this Hangman. This was a happy cowboy. It, it was. It, it's like it just. It felt like it's um, finally that confidence came out. Um, it's felt like he's been sober we, for a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it does feel like he has been. Although we just saw him chugging on the ladder last week. Um, but it does, it has that it has that I guess sobering feeling like he just yeah. woke up from a a haze he's been in this whole time. Yeah, and and it's funny you know we talk about childbirth uh, with Moxley and how that's affected him. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a whole different effect on Moxley. Mox comes back and uh, he wants to just annihilate everybody. It's just rough because yeah. that. But he's that child his is daughter is insane. So. Insane, I know. <laughs> but. And here is Hangman on the other side. It's like it's it's revitalized him, which, you know, we kind of saw that before he left. Um, but it does feel like a, a whole different perspective on another outlook in life that he has now. Um, and I'm so ready for him to win that title. I know. And I love Kenny Omega. Get in your match. Yes. Yes. Full gear. It's coming. A little, little too late for me to have won that bet. But I'll take it. I will take it. Sometimes in life, you just got to get what you're given. <laughs> got to be patient. All right. So then we got into the main event of the evening. It was Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. Uh, both of these guys working on, you know, back-to-back nights. Um, and it was an excellent main event, heavily driven by strikes and submission locks. I expected Intent- nothing less. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, intense would probably be the best way to describe this match, especially uh-huh. in the end. Uh, and in the end, it was uh, ended with a heel hook by Danielson, forcing Bobby Fish to tap out. Excellent match, though. What did you think about it? This was great. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't expect anything less than mm-hmm. like hard-hitting strikes, kicks, and you know, working on body yeah. parts and like grinding things down. So, I mean, it basically um, delivered what I think everybody expected it to deliver. And this was again another really good showing for Bobby Fish and his piranha teeth. <laughs> um, that's the sound a piranha makes. <laughs> I think. I think that's it. I don't know. I haven't heard a piranha up close in a while. Um, but I, honestly, you know, I've mentioned before, I never had seen a Bobby fish match, a full Bobby fish match. I've seen highlights, uh, which a lot of the stuff from NXT, I've just seen highlights of some people. Um, but he impresses me with every match. I see he presses me more. Um, uh-huh. I'm really digging his, you know, I know he's known for being with a group uh, and here he's not, he's solo, but he is, he's holding his own. I'm really, I'm really digging it. And I'm telling you this Brian Danielson kid, he's got a future too. Could evolve into a pretty good wrestler one day. <laughs> He's got potential. He does. He's high upside on this kid. High upside. <laughs> um, then they revealed the uh, the world title eliminator tournament bracket. Uh, the finals will take place at full gear at the pay-per-view. Uh, one side of the bracket, we have uh, number 10, Preston Vance versus John Moxley. Good luck, Preston. Yeah. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And then on the other side, we have Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. Um, 
we could probably do another whole other show uh, breaking down how we think these matches are going to go and who we think are going to be in the finals. No matter how this bracket turns out, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a fun ride to get to the finals uh. at full gear. Um, and we also have uh, two shows coming up next, and we have uh, some nice matches for those shows. On Rampage, we're going to have uh, Britt Baker versus Anna Jay. Uh, Pack versus Andrade, part two. And the first round of the World Title Eliminator uh, tournament starts on Rampage with Will Hobbs versus Orange Cassidy. And then on Dynamite, as you reminded me earlier, a special Saturday, another special Saturday edition of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. It is Malachi Black versus Cody Part 3. And we have two world title eliminator matches. Uh, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston and Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson. So uh, a couple of awesome shows lined up, as always. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, also, please, before we go, don't forget to check out all of our content that comes out each week, our Rampage and Dynamite reviews, uh, Q&As, topic discussions, interviews, and reviews and previews of pay-per-views. Um, also, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at the channel at BeautyXTheBeard. You can follow me at LetTheBeardPlay. And you can follow Sarah at Strange underscore pixie and uh don't forget to uh give us a follow on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, or wherever you podcast at um so thank y'all so much again for listening uh y'all be good out there be good to each other and we will see you on the next one bye-bye i am not I am not an MMA person. She can't even say it. I can't even say it. I'm not a mama mama mama. I can't even spell it. M M M. Hey. Yep. Okay. Okay.